0: Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing Dutch, which was released in the US
1: on July 19th, 1991, and in the UK under the name Driving Me Crazy on January 24th, 1982, and Ireland on March 5th, 1992. It was written by John Hughes and directed by Peter Feynman, who directed Crocodile Dundee, Jen.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: <laughs> um... It stars uh, Ed O'Neill, Ethan Randall, as he was at the time, Joe Beth Williams, Christopher McDonald, uh, that's, uh, well, and other people, but that's, that's the main cast.
0: <laughs> Jimmy and I have thought of three problems the movie has, um, as well as a positive. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's your history with this
0: movie?
1: I don't really have any. I watched. I don't think I watched it on VHS... I think I saw it on TV when it was shown on TV, and I think I've seen it. I've seen it three times in my life. For now, four. I revisited it about a decade ago, and then last year, and then this year for this, and that's it. And I don't know why I keep okay. going back to it because I don't like it. But <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> um, I just keep getting reminded just how much I don't like it. Uh, but you know, Hey-ho, what's your history with it?
0: I saw it once um i remember wanting to see it uh i was a fan of ethan Embry, uh formerly ethan randall uh the same year he had a movie a christmas movie called all i want for christmas Mm -hmm. with thor birch and i really liked that movie so i really wanted to watch dutch and i rented it not long after it came out on vhs and uh i was disappointed and then i hadn't seen it since then but uh i've been wanting to watch it since i read a book about john hughes like 10 years ago
1: yeah uh all i want for Christmas. Is, is not great, but I would I have a soft spot for it, cause I, I watched it. it when it was released back in the 90s mm-hmm. um, on VHS, and I've watched it loads of times, and I do sometimes watch it at Christmas uh, even though nowadays I find it quite boring, <laughs> but I still would rather watch that movie than this
0: I, so- It's the first time I ever heard uh, It's Cold Outside Right. was all I want for christmas.
1: Yeah. Rocky
0: talkie. Anyway, I had myself a little crush on Ethan Randall, so.
1: Yeah, no that's fair enough. Okay. So <laughs> let's just get into our positives. Our uh, positives. Let's just get into our positives and end the show. Um let's just get into our problems. What is your first problem?
0: Uh my first problem is um like I have a problem but it comes with a rant. That's not when one- it that's a little separated. I don't know. Um, so my problem, my first problem is Dutch, the, like, the, the person, Mm -hmm. the fact that he's so mean. Mm -hmm. And part of this problem for me is John Hughes. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very obvious watching this movie that he's just trying to do planes, trains, and automobiles again. Yeah. And Steve Martin is a dick in that movie. Yeah. Um, but he's a dick dealing with an adult who is annoying. Yes. So we can kind of forgive him that a little. In this movie, Dutch is dealing with a child. Yes, he's an annoying child, but he is a child. So there, it's hard to have sympathy for Dutch, considering how he is treating this child. Um, starting with like just shoving underwear in his mouth and tying him up. Like mm. that's not. And he, here's here's my problem with John Hughes. <laughs> this is like the reason I wanted to watch this movie, mm-hmm. is that. So John Hughes at this point had been very successful. I believe Home Alone had come out the year before. Yeah. And obviously he had all of his 80s movies. So they make this movie. He's a producer on this movie. He talks to Ed O'Neill every day. They like they become close fr- Like Ed O'Neill thinks he has a new friend for life, right? Mm-hmm. This movie comes out. It doesn't do well. He never speaks to Ed O'Neill or the director again. Broke Ed O'Neill's heart, which Ed O'Neill seems like a very nice guy. From everything i've seen and heard Mm -hmm. and he just ditched him because this wasn't a success but the thing is i don't i don't think it's badly directed and i think the acting is very good i think ed o'neill is very good i think ethan embry is very good um the problem is the writing of the character of dutch that is in my opinion this movie's main problem who wrote it who wrote it oh was it john hughes who was a dick to everyone when it wasn't successful yeah the the writing is a problem in this movie the, it, it all boils down to It being a very badly written movie And it's John Hughes's fault And he blamed everyone else And there are other stories Like when he realised Anthony Michael Hall And Molly Ringwald didn't want to be in every single movie He wrote for them He you know kind of cut them off yeah. But John Hughes, he was a talented man He wrote some great movies And even his worst movies have moments mm. But it, it sounds like he was a very Bitter and petty man
1: No, absolutely the, the, the problem with this movie is the script, it absolutely is this seems like one of those um, scripts that John Hughes um, wrote and then didn't get made, do you know what I mean you, mm-hmm. you hear the stories of him having like hundreds of scripts just lying yeah. around that he didn't get produced, this seems like one of them it should never have been made because and it's just got my first problem um, it's I know humour is subjective, but this is really painfully unfunny <laughs> at times. But when you have a movie where your first joke is a guy getting attacked by a small dog and then you see his silhouette of his leg getting pulled by the small dog mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be a, a, a joke, that's supposed to be funny, then you know that your movie's in trouble. It's It's very, very badly written. There's like, there's one good line, right? That I Well, one like line that I liked, and it's when um, the girlfriend says, uh, there's only one thing he has that I want, and Dutch says, what would you do with a set of tiny little generals? <laughs> That's a funny line. The rest, not so much. It is very poorly written, and um, but the cast, I mean, the cast
0: tried their best. Ed O'Neill's very good in this movie.
1: He is, but his character's an absolute douche, And it's yeah. like, John Hughes seems to like this kind of character, right? Where it's you, he can be the absolute worst, but John Hughes still wants you to like him. Mm-hmm. And while I do like Dutch to a degree, when he's being nice to his girlfriend, he's a really nice guy, and he mm-hmm. seems like a really good bloke. But then he proceeds to kidnap a child, Mm -hmm. tie him up, uh, and then proceed to abuse this child throughout the movie, including the very end where he shoots him in the balls. (laughs) And it's like... What is it? A pellet gun? BB gun? Something like that. That... Because it's like, yeah, everybody's learned a lesson. Everything's good. Um, Dutch is probably going to go to prison because he put a dent in that the guy's head. Very funny, hilarious, whatever. But then he has John Hughes has to cap it off with shooting a child in the bollocks because mm-hmm. he thinks that's funny, and Dutch has learned nothing. Mm-hmm. Dutch might be a good person to the girlfriend,
0: but he hasn't learned not to abuse his child. He, I mean, he's gained affection for the child, but, but yeah, the problem is that he, you can have this character be tough without having him be a complete dick. It's like John Hughes doesn't know where to draw the line. Exactly. And it's very frustrating. It's also, he's, you know, he's thinking about the success of Plane, Strange, Automobiles. I don't know when this was filmed, but with Home Alone, it's like, there's so much violence towards the robbers. Mm -hmm. But like, you can't do it with this kind of pairing you just can't like no the the kid can can injure the the adult the adult cannot be constantly injuring the kid um it's it maybe if the kid was a few years older maybe if he was like late teens or something yeah but it it doesn't like Ethan every looks so little in this movie. Does. It does not... It, it just doesn't work. And it sucks because I think that there is a lot of good here. There is an alternate universe where this could be better. It's just that character of Dutch, you know?
1: Yeah. And and I would argue it's also not funny.
0: But there is some... I mean, I laughed a little, but yeah, it's...
1: Yeah. It's not his strongest um, outing as a comedy writer. Mm-mm. You know, there is some really... Like dumb, stupid, juvenile, uh, silly shite in this movie. But, well, and sorry, and then oh, sorry, oh, and then they top it off
0: with homeless people. Yay! Yeah. Well, at least he helps those homeless people. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Yeah. This is a movie that you watch, and you just have to wonder: like, was John Hughes just writing too much? He was. Like you know I. Uh, Look, I want to see those scripts he he left behind more than anyone else. I would love it if they would publish those scripts, if Mm -hmm. not make some of them. However, he had so many movies coming out. And if you consider all these like unpublished scripts, which I'm sure most of them were written after he left the business, but I'm sure many of them were. I'm sure he wrote a ton of unpublished um scripts before that. Maybe he's just writing too much. Like, for all we know, this movie was written very quickly. Like, all of his movies. It makes me wonder how much thought was actually given to so many of these movies. And, I, and I'm and i going to guess if, if it's something he didn't direct, that maybe not as much thought was given to it. Because mm-hmm. if you're directing it, I assume you have to give a lot more thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't want to direct it, I guess, because he already did Planes, Trays, Automobiles. Is that correct?
1: Um. I don't know if that's the reason why he didn't do it, but I,
0: I was he not. I saw did, something like that.
1: Yeah, maybe, but he was probably working on Curly Sue at this time. Did he not direct Curly mm-hmm. Sue? I think or so. Did someone else direct Curly Sue because Curly Sue was around this time as well. And Curly Sue was also a bomb. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd like to revisit Curly Sue.
0: Yeah, he did Curly Sue. Yeah, he directed that. James
1: James Belushi's Curly Sue. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I was
0: right. Yeah, he directed Planes, Trays Domobiles. so... Yeah. No, he did direct I, that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I thought that... I was I thinking it was...
0: Go you're on. thinking it was... Oh, I was thinking it was earlier in the 90s, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, it's only four years before that? What is he no. thinking?
1: Yeah, that's true. I just... Yeah. But is that the reason why he didn't want to direct this, is because he'd already I, done it?
0: I Yeah, I saw reason? that somewhere. Oh, okay, cool, I saw cool. that somewhere.
1: Yeah. Right. So what's your second problem? Uh, the racy cards... Yeah, uh, it's part of my third problem, but I'll, I'll leave it to the third problem.
0: But yeah, I it being like, because at this point, I'm nine, right? Like, maybe I'm 10 when I finally see this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One thing as a woman that I hated about growing up with these 80s and, and early 90s movies is that there were often unnecessary boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I remember watching the Dragnet movie, um, which is funny, I bring it up because these two guys were on the Dragnet reboot um but the I remember watching the Dragnet movie and there's this scene in a strip club and it just that kind of shit always made me feel really uncomfortable as a kid Mm -hmm. um like I I was very aware it was sending a bad message and it just it made me so uncomfortable especially since like I might be watching these movies with my parents or whatever there's no need for it there's no need for boobs in like every movie in this era Mm-hmm. and it drove me crazy like i was a kid who watched the original dragnet um in reruns and i was i remember being so excited to watch that movie and first of all i didn't understand it was going to be a comedy which is like not the tone of the show yeah, but no. then seeing seeing strippers it freaked me out and this I, this the thing with these cards that was something that i know bothered me when i was a kid and i just don't understand like God, how, like, perverted and horny were all the guys running Hollywood at this point? That, like, they always have to have boobs in a movie.
1: I know. Even if it's just on playing cards.
0: Yeah, it- I can't- I hate it.
1: Well, look at Twins. Twins had, um, he was looking at a Playboy magazine.
0: Yep. Like, as a kid, I was very aware of Playboy from just- I mean, I- from many places, but, like, especially from, like, supposed family films and stuff. Yeah. And a kid today watching those kinds of movies, um, but the, the, like, the family films produced now, they're not talking about porn. No. You know, and, they're not talking about that stuff there. And there's a,
1: um, a Playboy magazine in Home Alone, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buzzy's um, chest of things. Um, yeah. So what you what you feel towards the Dragnet movie being a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's how I felt about the Starsky and Hutch movie with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. Because I loved Starsky and Hutch growing up. And it was gritty and, you know, had action. And, and then they made this comedy movie about it. Mm-hmm. And that really pissed me off. I don't like I don't like a movie for that purpose. <laughs> I
0: I don't I don't have a problem with it now. I do like some movies like that. Um, I although a lot of times I haven't seen the original show. Like I never watched Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Um, but I do love the movies. But um, the problem was is how young I was. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't understand, understand what was going to happen when I watched this Dragnet movie. But it's funny because I've only seen the Starsky and Hutch movie. I've never seen the show. Well, the show's great. Um, but the the um. The thing with Twenty One Jump Street is
1: that making it a comedy is kind of apt because of how silly the premise is mm-hmm. and how um, sort of goofy the original Twenty One Drums, Twenty One Jump Street was. But Starsky and Hutch was a, a gritty, um, you know, cop TV show procedural. There's an episode of one of the cops. It's the entire episode is him he's been dozed with drugs uh, while undercover and he's trying to recover from you know, from being high and that's, it's not played for laughs mm. it's it's a very very special episode of Starsky and Hutch um, but, so the Starsky and Hutch movie annoyed me for that because that's not, that's not what Starsky and Hutch is to me so but yeah Anyway, going back to your point. Um Yeah, boobs. So, let's <laughs> that's just, that's just go into my third problem. I'll switch my problems around because it sort of goes on to this, right? Okay. What you were saying about the cards. The two protagonists in this movie bond over the kid being horny for a sex worker. Yeah. And also, the way he is sort of proud of the kid looking at the looking at the, the cards and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm what are you saying John Hughes that I don't know what he's saying, actually it just seems a bit weird that these two bond over something like that yeah um because he admits that he was horny the kid is what 12 and yeah he admits he was horny because this um this girl who who she was in something who what was she in the two the two sex workers. One
0: of them was a. One of them's a voice actor. I know that. Yeah,
1: E.G. Daly is the blonde Mm -hmm. one. She's uh, Tommy from Rugrats.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Buttercup from uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, and I
0: recognized her immediately. I knew exactly who she was. The other one, the biggest credit I really saw for her. Kate and Alley. Yeah, it was Kate and Alley.
1: Yeah, she was one of the daughters of Kate and Alley. I remember that.
0: Yeah. And I did watch that. Hmm. Yeah. Um I also didn't realize until just a minute ago when I was looking at IMDB that uh, I thought I recognized the homeless woman and it was Rose from Lost. Yeah, exactly. That's I've brought that down, yeah. Yeah. And she's great. She's she great. I
1: She doesn't do much in this, but she's great.
0: I mean, I think the third act is the best act of the movie. Um that's yeah. when it gets it gets a little less mean. I mean, obviously I don't love the ending of him shooting him. Hmm. But like the stuff at the homeless shelter and stuff like that, and the stuff when they get home, um, I do, I do really like that. Like, I, the in the end, it's like they got to a good lesson, but the journey there was not ideal. But did they though? I mean, the kid. Yeah. I mean, they bonded. I mean, yeah. that's really well. And the kid has learned it. Hopefully, from the homeless shelter, has learned some lessons about um. Oh no, Class and and yeah. I feel like he's learned more, but Dutch um but it's like really just about them bonding and being like yeah. I, at the end when he has him get up and get his coat i thought he was about to propose yeah and um that would have been yeah it would have been cheesy but that would have been a much lovelier ending that like this kid is who is so against anybody his mom was with would maybe be celebrating his mother's engagement that would have been nice
1: yeah no it would have been that would have been a nice ending um but then but then you need a comedy ending don't you uh, um, apart from planes, trains, and automobiles, actually, you don't need one there. See, John mm-hmm. Hughes, um, you can have a nice ending. Dutch doesn't learn nothing. Dutch, Dutch bonds with the child, but still thinks um violence is the answer to everything.
0: And and what's his girlfriend gonna say about that? I know, like she's laughing that he he pointed the gun at him.
1: But she fought. I mean. She- for all she knew, it was a real gun. She looked fucking petrified. Yeah, you know what I mean. She nearly shot herself when they brought that gun out. It's like, um, Oh, uh, I don't know. I uh, it just, it just bothers me that it ends that way. It bothers me that. I mean, you know, you know what I'm like, right? Mm. I think that if someone's an arsehole, they should get their comeuppance, right? But I right. don't think Christopher McDonald um deserved to get a dent in his forehead and possibly some brain damage and drool every time he smiles like the other guy did that he hit I I don't think that is a way of solving a problem
0: I mean that's what you do when someone's a bad dad Jimmy That's
1: exactly what you do yeah
0: I didn't have as much of a problem with it but mostly because the casting is so perfect that Christopher McDonald shows up and you just hate him you hate him cuz he's always an asshole and so you just like have this this like past animosity towards him well I don't but I mean I do well but it would have been I would have been fine with him punching him it's just that ring you yeah. know what I mean like it, he and it's also I mean it is 91 so like violence like that is that's how exactly s- they handle it in movies so yeah. um, punch
1: him in the stomach or threaten to punch sh- him in the head shoot him in the butt there you go shoot him with the pellet gun and the balls
0: yeah that's how you end it. Don't do it to the kid. Or the kid shoots him in the balls. Or you have a fake-out where he, like, there's some sort of situation where he acts like he's going to shoot the kid and then he turns and shoots the dad. Yeah, exactly. And then you can have that little tease. Yeah. I yeah, don't know.
1: Yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. I just think that the the level of violence was unnecessary. He puts a dent in the guy's head that's going to be permanent. He probably crashed his car in the way back. He, he was brain damaged a little but, but getting smacked in the head with uh, this big, thick ring. And he's probably crashed. He's dead now. Great <laughs> Dutch. You've murdered a man. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Do you ever think about how weird it is that TV and movies can make us, like, You know, in real life, you'd be really upset about something like that. And I know that, like, you didn't like it in the movie, but, like, you watch a TV show or movie, like, say you're watching Dexter, Mm -hmm. and there's just, like, some big asshole, and you don't even know if they've done anything wrong, but you're just like, man, I need Dexter to kill him, because he sucks. Like, you wouldn't think in real life, but you watch movies or TV shows, and you're just like, man, this guy deserves to die, because he was rude. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think that. I do. I, I do. I mean, not if they're
1: rude. I mean... Then again, it is only a, it's, it's only a movie or a TV show, so that's fair enough. I don't mind I don't mind other people doing that. But I think that it has to be someone was violent towards someone else for me yeah. to actually feel that way. If he hit the kid, mm-hmm. instead of just lied to him, or if he hit the mum, I wouldn't have felt as bad about him getting that level of violence towards him. But because he didn't do any of that and he was just a dick, then mm-hmm. it wouldn't have bothered me as much if he got shot with a BB gun. I don't know why. I just I just think that that would have been... Well, A, I think that would have been funnier because, you know... But I just... Oh, just a dent in the forehead. And... Oh, no. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so what's your third problem?
0: Um... My third problem is really more of a problem in the real world than just mm-hmm. this movie. But um, at the end, you like really get some good shots of uh, the mom's house. Mm-hmm. Rich people have ridiculous houses. Like that house is massive and it must just be her there most of the time. Maybe she has like a maid or something living with her. But like
1: well, that lady's there. That
0: lady's yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Even even if there are five people living there, that house is way too big. And mm-hmm. I will tell you what, I am sick of it, because that shit's true. Yesterday, we went to to the museum, big art museum in town, and uh, it's in this really nice neighborhood. And every time we go through it, my husband's just like, these houses are disgusting. <laughs> like, they are so huge. And you know that there's probably like two to four people that live in most of them. And there's no need for houses that big. Mm-hmm. There would have to be a lot of people living there for a house to need to be that big. And it's gross. (laughs) But I just I saw that house and it just made me really angry because it's like when you get divorced. Yeah. You know, she should get all of that. A bunch of that asshole stuff. Right. But then it's also like she's it's almost like there's an air of like her being more low class or whatever. And she's got this massive house. I don't know. I just it just bothered me, and it bothers me more in real life. Yeah, no, that house is far too big. It's kind of like how Jeff Bezos has a yacht that's like that also has a yacht on it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It rich people are ridiculous, and I hate them.
1: I mean, it's, and we should
0: we should eat them.
1: It's not. <laughs> it's not her house, though. It's the dad's house. Um, still, still. No, I know. I know. No, I, I know. But she's only staying there because she—I assume she didn't have anywhere else to go. And after they split up, he let her have the house because he's probably got hundreds of them. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So, oh, um, that was our first f bomb of the podcast. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took me nearly half an hour to say fuck. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, I, I must have been watching my mouth then. Yeah, you have been. That's weird. Um, am I okay? With your rant, Yeah, my third problem. We've
1: really spoke about it, and it's it's like the child abuse. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think that... I get that Doyle's supposed to be a little dick, right? He's mm-hmm. supposed to be unlikable to begin with. But I think John Hughes writes him a bit too over the top. It's like every single thing that comes out of his mouth is, you know, terrible. And it's... And, it's the way that Doyle is written. I, d- I don't mind the way he's played. I like Ethan Randall, Stroke Embry. It's just the way he's written is a bit too over the top.
0: See, I don't mind it. I kind of like what a little asshole he is. But I wish there were just a couple more moments of him looking like maybe he's having fun catching himself and fixing yeah, exactly. his face. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think, I think we need more of that because it's really like. It's obviously this, like, act he's putting up, this thing he's doing because he's so miserable about, you know, his parents and his dad not being there and everything. But if you don't show that kind of, like, kind of cracks in that every once in a while, he just looks like an asshole instead of a kid who's just, like, going through some shit.
1: Yeah. Let me rephrase my problem then. Okay. I think John Hughes writes too many instances of him being a dick.
0: Okay, I gotcha. Do do you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the scene with the kid at the beginning, with him and and the phone call, Mm -hmm. it's like, three minutes of him being an absolute douchebag when two minutes would have done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just too much of it for me. Like, say he has 50 lines and all of them are him being a douche, when 35 lines of him being a douche would have been enough. That's that's Mm -hmm. my problem. Okay, I gotcha. Right. So, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what is your your positive?
0: I mean, I said it before, but the acting. I think Ed O'Neill is really good in it. And especially this comes at a time when you're used to him as Al Bundy. Yeah. And this is such a different tone for him. And it made me sad for him that the movie did so badly because it shows, it shows that he's more than Al Bundy. Yeah. Um, there was a a warmth there. As as mean as he was, there was a warmth there. Towards a
1: mum, absolutely. Yeah, well, and with the the kid
0: every once in a while. Like, he's trying so hard. He's trying so hard with this kid. And I... So there are a few moments even before that where, you know, you you see him be as warm to this little shit as anybody could. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think Ethan... i just call him Ethan Embry because that's what he is now. Um, Ethan Embry is very good. I buy him as a little asshole, which is impressive because usually he plays a nice guy, you know, Mm -hmm. like even as a kid, he usually played a nice guy. So it was a very different role for me to see him in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I thought they both did a lovely job and I wish the script was, had been better yeah, and that this could have done better because I feel like, um, this is especially a time where, uh, TV and movie stars are more separated. Um, you can't do both. um, the way that you can now, and um, Ed O'Neill, like it, it's hard for people to take someone who plays a character like Al Bundy seriously um, as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I think that this really showed. I mean, you s- get to see a lot more in Modern Family. You know, like this yeah. showed that there was more to him. It's kind of like um, how Don't Tell Mom the Users Dead that like uh, Christine Applegate was very different from her character in Married with Children, and she showed you know a little more range and um i i think that if people had known that them or especially katie seagal would be doing the kind of work they do these days yeah (laughs) like katie seagal does a lot of dramatic stuff like people would be surprised because that was that married with children in particular was a show where you would just write it off as stupid and the actors as nothing
1: yeah okay (laughs) i did say that i think that the acting's good but I do think that he kind of slides into Al Bundy every now and then, especially right at the end. Uh, that's that's very Al Bundy sort of face he makes um, throughout that scene when he's about to shoot a child in the bollocks.
0: Yeah, but there is something about the way, like, what's interesting to me is when you watch an actor, when they're playing two characters who might even have some similarities, but their face looks so different. Like, his face looks so different from Al Bundy in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Apart from that last scene, yes. I,
1: I, I do think that... I do think he slides into El Bundy occasionally with his face, but that's just because that's his face, right? But mm-hmm. I do, but no, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm agreeing with you. I do think he's really good in this, and I do think that even though Dutch is a bit of a, a douchebag sometimes in this because of his treatment of the child, I do think that he is miles... Ahead of um, Al Bundy and being a good guy,
0: yeah,
1: he he is he is still a good guy, still a nice guy. Um, he treats the mother um, nice, and you know all that, and he's really kind to uh, the homeless people and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that is that is a far superior human being to Al Bundy. <laughs>
0: Well, and I thought that that part where he tells the guy, you know, to call on Monday and they'll get him a job, that's really important because I'm just watching these homeless people Mm -hmm. (laughs) drive them up to this ridiculously large house. And I'm like, if you aren't helping them out in some way, this is not great. This is not a great look for you guys.
1: I know. But also, they're moving out of that house anyway. Yeah. So, you know, they'll probably move in with Dutch and live in a smaller place. But it's probably still
0: very nice because he owns his own company. No, I know that. Yeah, but it's not going to be a massive 52 room -room house. (laughs) I know. I just like that, you know, in the end, they confirm what, what, you know, you might be suspecting throughout the movie, which is that, like, I mean, he's not a working class guy. Right. He may present himself like he may seem more like that, like he's not like these rich snobs. Mm. But like, this is a successful man who probably has plenty of money.
1: No, he, yeah, he has money, yeah. He had enough money to have $200
0: stolen from him, Mm -hmm. from his wallet, you know, so. Oh, you know what I didn't think to do? What? The inflation calculator. (gasps) Oh my goodness. You know, I haven't pulled out the inflation calculator in a while. It's been a while. I haven't really
1: spoken about money in movies for a while, so you're going to have to do it again. Right. Well, you you do that, I'll say my, my positive, right? Okay. Um... After Dutch permanently scars the dad, he does say something that I've always liked in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. He says that Doyle is his friend and he'll never be his father. And I like that. You know, Dutch Dutch says to the dad, uh, I like the kid, he's my friend, and I'll never be his father. That's your job. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked that line. Because so many movies, or even real life, like people try to, when you... Are dating someone with a kid, it's like automatically assumed that you're going to take the role of the father, mm-hmm. and that's not right. You should never try to replace someone. Um, if their father's still in the picture, you should never yeah. try to re- replace the father. And that's and I like that line. He says, "He's my friend, and I'll never be his father." That's your job, and that's the, That's one line I like. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, because I also wonder how many people, um, how many men. Or women, because women can be shitty too. But yeah. how many, how many men um who already have trouble having a good relationship with their kid, kind of give up because they're like, "Oh, they have this stepfather, they have someone there," mm-hmm. and so it's a good message because it's like, "I'm not trying to replace you, but also you can't replace me with you, or you can't replace you with me." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because that's I've seen that a lot with people I know. Um, that like. Once there's a new guy there, the father doesn't try as hard. Mm-hmm. Um or they they try but then they become bitter that because they're not around as much, they don't have the same relationship.
1: Yeah, my dad tried his very best. Um when he left me he left me and my mum when I was a baby. But he was always part of my life. Um and at one point he even lived across the road from me. Uh, and it was just the way it worked out. Um when my mum met my my sister's dad um when I was when I was I uh, thirteen there was there was always this sort of he was trying to be maybe not maybe not a dad but like a big brother type thing but he was always trying to sort of force himself into my life and situations mm-hmm. um and my but my dad was still there. Uh I didn't see him as much. Um, but you know he would take me to London and trips and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, but he would still you know he'd be my he'd be my dad uh so I just don't like I don't like this idea that people when you you have a relationship someone has a child that it's I don't know if it's society that thinks it or if it's just like, ingrained in your brain that you have to try and replace the dad or be a father figure, mm-hmm. just be their friend, yeah, you know. Uh, or
0: be a father figure without trying to be the father. Yes, absolutely.
1: But I think friend is the best way to go by Yeah. Like a good, strong friend who mm. may have fatherly tendencies, but <laughs> just
0: don't try to be the dad. Uh, by the way, that $200 would be yeah. $381.23 now. Right. So that's, that's a lot to have in your wallet. Well, especially now it's a big deal because people don't usually carry cash anymore. Yeah, true.
1: Um, but, I mean, he had more money because he paid for things before that. So. Yeah. And he bought all those fucking fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, before we go, I've just got... I think I've only got two notes. Yeah, because we've spoken about everything else. PG-13 F-bomb six minutes in. This was a PG in home video in the UK because they cut that word out, mm-hmm. but uh, to make it a PG. But it was a twelve in the cinema. Back in the early nineties, we we only started getting twelve certificates in eighty nine, right? Everything was PG or fifteen up until nineteen eighty nine when Batman appeared, and they didn't want to make Batman fifteen or cut it to be a PG, so they made they created the twelve. But in home video, it would have still been a fifteen because we didn't have 12 certificates on home video. It was only in cinemas. Oh, that's weird. Very strange. So, Driving Me Crazy was edited to make it a PG, so they cut the F-bomb out, because they didn't want it to be a 15. Um, Oh, and was the bed collapsing constantly necessary? Like, I think that's very badly... Written
0: and it's written. not fu- maybe one time would have been funny, maybe but twice. It,
1: like one at the beginning of the scene and one at the end of the scene. It didn't have to happen six times or whatever.
0: Yeah, and you are also, I mean, they're in a homeless shelter, and it it's not so funny to think about them disturbing the sleep mm-hmm. of the people around them. I don't, I don't. That comedy just doesn't really work for me. No.
1: Um, and finally, I find another one. Um, the music playing when the mother, when mother and son are reunited, is a bit over the top. Um, mm. It's a lovely moment, and I really liked it. But the music just kept on going, and it's like, okay, Alan vestry you know, Slayer Jets, there, <laughs> mate. Uh, you've you've written better music. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that's all my notes. That means we're done talking about Dutch. Woo! <laughs> Um, so, next week, we're diving back into movies of Arnold Schwarzenegger Jed. Okay. And my next pick is Commando. Fuck it. Let's go for it. 1985, Commando. (laughs) Okay. Because I love Commando, and I want to watch Commando again and talk about Commando, and I couldn't think of anything else. (laughs) Never seen it. Yeah, I don't think you have. Anyway, Commando. We're talking about that next. All right. So... That's all we have time for. Uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pipe Pod on Twitter. ShiftyBench.co.uk is the website. Contact at uk is where you can contact us with an email. Uh, where can people
0: find you online, Jen? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, and I have a Party 5 Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. So thank you all for listening. I'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.